You are about to listen to Emeka Ezra, the lead steward at Fortier Network International. He envisions all men saved and mature, Christ Jesus. Be stirred as you listen. Thank you, Jesus. My name is Emeka, by the way. My name is Emeka. And we are, like you know, or you've seen, if, if you've seen the flyer, this is the great revival. <laughs> this is the great revival. Um, last year, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he says that he, he said we should come to Suleja, revive the church, awaken the city, revive the church, awaken the city. That was what he said. And we are here now. This is prophecy fulfilled. This is prophecy before our eyes. Praise God. This is prophecy before our eyes. And the truth is that if you are not discerning, a season can just pass you by without you knowing. You see, people in Israel will not know that, oh, God if God came to them in flesh. And they would, they would have just seen a teacher. Or they would have just seen a magician. But they did not know that it was God. Do you get? So, if you are not discerning, a season of revival might pass through Suleja without you knowing. And it's not your portion in the name of Jesus. It's not your portion in the name of Jesus. So we started yesterday. We started yesterday. I'm going to say a lot. But we started yesterday. And we, we began to talk about salvation by grace. We began to talk about salvation by grace. And we looked at Galatians. The book of Galatians. Please, if you're with your Bible, please bring it out. If with your Bible, bring it out. If you're with your notepad, please bring it out. Um, I don't expect anybody to be busy by now. Like everybody should be seated. Everybody should be attentive. So if you're to know part, please bring it out. And we began to look at Galatians. And we found out that throughout history, there have been moments of revival. Like God would bring a man to revive either a city or, or a region. Like when I mean a region, I wanted to say the world, but then we see that Paul. God, um, God sent Paul, I mean, to talk or to preach to the Galatian church. He preached to the Galatian church, but then after, some people came and they spoke to this same Galatian church. And they told them that, oh, for you to be saved, you need to be circumcised. For you to be saved, you need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do this. And Paul was really angry, you know. He was really, really, really angry. Paul came and he, was, he asked them about what is wrong with you? Who bewitched you people? You know, when I was asking the, when I was asking the Lord, what do you mean by revival? Because the truth is that we have read revival books. I've read, I've, I, I didn't understand what do you mean, what do you mean by revival? You know, we always see power when they say, oh, revival happened in this place. We always see power. The power of God moved mightily. But then I was asking the Holy Spirit, what do, what do you mean by revival? And the Holy Spirit says, the model of revival I want you to bring is. The revival in Galatians. <laughs> the revival of bringing men back to the place they started. Salvation by grace and grace alone. That we did nothing to deserve God's love and he gave it to us. Do you understand? That is revival. Obviously the power is going to be shown because the power is there to confirm that he sent us. But the, 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 the priority of revival is, is a heart reset. Is God resetting our hearts back to the original. 
where it should be. Where it should be. So I'm just going to do a little recap of yesterday. Can we open to Galatians chapter 1? Can we open to Galatians chapter 1? Praise God. So yesterday was really awesome. Yesterday was really awesome. Galatians chapter 1 from verse 6 to 9. I don't know if I should read my Bible. I should, I should tell someone to read for me. Um, Galatians chapter 1 from verse 6 to 9. And it says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him. That is from Jesus. Who called you in the grace of Christ to a to a different gospel. Are you seeing this? It says to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some, there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8 says, But even if we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel to you, than what we have preached to you, letting their cost. Are you like do you see the seriousness in Paul's on in, in Paul's writing here? He's talking to people that he has taught, and he's telling them that you have turned away from the gospel which you taught you to another gospel. And then he began, he, he begins to curse anybody that has taught anything different from what he has taught. The question is, sir, what do you know? What is this gospel that you have taught? What is what is unique about this message? And the truth is, if you don't believe what is the gospel, the gospel, and you believe an adulteration of the gospel, there's a problem. I don't know. Let me explain this way. So, we imagine we have a bowl of water here. Clean water. And we have another one here. Clean water. But then, um, the water is clean. But then I just put very small poop in, in, in the one in the left. Yeah? In the one in the left. Just small. Maybe all of these goats and, and I just put this small and I tell to drink. Which one would you prefer drinking? The one that is pure, right? Why? Because even if the two of them looks clean somehow, you know that oh, one has been contaminated. And the result is not going to be the same. Because if you drink it, one is, there's going to be a problem. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say here. And that's what Paul is trying to say. He's talking about the gospel here. The gospel. The gospel is that you received grace in Christ Jesus, but you have turned to another gospel. And yesterday, we were, we were trying to understand what is this gospel? Why is it so serious? Why must we believe a particular gospel? Why is there a particular gospel to believe? And then we began to look through Romans and we began to look through Genesis. And we saw, we opened the Isaiah. There was, there's this wonderful scripture. We started from Isaiah, you know. I'm giving a recap before I talk about what we're going to do. What, what, what we're going to do every, here today. We started from Isaiah. And we read that in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah appeared before God. And immediately he appeared before God. Isaiah noted some things. He said he saw a cherubim. And a, a cherubim. Or is it a seraphim? Seraphim. He saw a seraphim, and this seraphim had six wings. One, they used to cover their eyes. 
The other they used to cover their their, their feet. And the, the two they used to fly. And just imagine, as important as wings are, these people, these beings we are willing to sacrifice four of their six wings to cover themselves from the glory from, from, from the glory of God. To cover their face. Then we now went to First Timothy 16, verse 6. Am I correct? Then we found out that I, I'm, I'm going somewhere. We found out that nobody had seen God. God dwells in inapproachable light. Nobody has seen this God. We also saw in that same um, Isaiah 6, the seraphim were calling him holy, 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 holy. And immediately Isaiah was in the presence. He said, it's over for me. Just imagine, prophet Isaiah appeared before God. And the first thing that comes to his mouth was, it's over. I am doomed. A man of unclean lips, dwelling with men of unclean lips. I am doomed. And we saw, we saw the utter helplessness of man in the, in, in the presence of God. We saw how holy God is, how distinct he is, that no being, even angels, had not seen him before. Kai, I don't, I don't, it's, it's, are you, like angels have not seen God before. Men have not seen God before. But then, he wants to have a relationship with man. He created a man. And he called this man Adam. And we and yesterday we talked about how Adam is not a name. Adam, Adam was not a name. Adam was mankind. So we said if God created a man to be to be a carpenter, God calls that man carpenter. Carpenter is not his name. Carpenter is who he's meant to be and who he's representing. So God created a man and called, God called that man mankind. So in every in Adam dwelt everybody in the world, everybody that is to come. So whatever he did, whatever he did, everybody did, and everybody will do. So you 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 come to that point where you be like, oh, that my joke, that joke I used to crack before that. If I um, Adam in heaven, I will I will stone him. But then you understand that if if I was if I was Adam or if I was a person, I would have done the same thing. So Adam represented man, but then Adam fell. And because of that, we also read in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Uh, this is a recap. I, I think it's long. But we read in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, that a man, Adam, fell. And because of that, death entered the world. Death true. Because of him, death reigned. And then we saw a, a particular verse that said that before the law was given, People sinned. So we now ask ourselves a question. What do you mean by before the law was given, people sinned? What do you mean that before the law was given, people sinned? And we then made an example. If there was no law that, that if this chair breaks, anybody, nobody will pay. Like, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. If I break this chair, nobody's going to pay. There's no law concerning don't break chairs. And I come and I break this chair. I come, I break this chair. Is that a sin? Why? Because there was no law. So then, why did the Bible say people sin before there was, before the law was given? Then we find out that the sin God was concerned about was not in the action but in the nature. What happened to Adam changed everybody in his generation. That everybody that came was called a sinner even though they sinned or not. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? 
So we then, we now began to see from Romans chapter 3, the reason why the law was given. The law was not given so that man could be made righteous. The law was given to show man that he's helpless before God. Do you understand? So it does not make sense that you give a chicken the laws of a dog. It does not make sense because he's a chicken, right? It also does not make sense that you give a mortal man the laws of a god. It does not make sense. He cannot even follow it. So we see now, we are seeing the utter helplessness of man. And we see the utter, we see um, the love of God towards mankind. Then, we now, linked, we now went back to Isaiah. We could not see God. But then, the Bible says, in the same Romans chapter 5, that Jesus came. And the first time angels behold, they beheld God. See, I'm going to bust your head now. The first time, <laughs> the first time angels beheld God was the first time we also saw him. The Bible says they tore the heavens open and they began to sing. They were careless for that day. Men, men shepherds saw angels singing and shouting because the first time they had seen their creator. Like, do you get it now? The first time angels are seeing, they are seeing God in, in, in flesh. The Bible says that the world became flesh and dwelt amongst us. That was the first time. They had just seen God for the first time. The same time, man, men, in that, that, that time had seen God. And they could not help themselves. They, they tore the heavens open. They tore the heavens open and they sang. Then we see Jesus, another prototype. Another prototype coming. Born of God. Coming. And he's the same, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a prototype, the same way Adam was a prototype. But the question now is, how then do we change our lineage from Adam to Jesus? Adam is a prototype. Obviously, we are born. Adam reproduced. Adam was able to reproduce and we are born. The whole world was born. And because of him, everything came to us. But now we see Jesus is not married. Okay? Then how are we going to be born? How are we going to be born into this lineage? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen? How is it going to happen? Then we find out that, oh, the spirit is able to produce and to reproduce. Then we see that the spirit overshadowed Mary and Jesus was conceived. Ah, we are seeing, okay, there's something going on here. And then we now see that the way to be born again is just to believe. Believe in what? Now, this is where the gospel is. This is where we now see in Galatians, where, where Paul is saying that you have believed on that gospel. He's saying now that we can now believe. Believe in what? Believe that somebody came. Jesus came. And he died for our sin. He died for our sin. We see that in scripture. That if you believe that he came and he died for your sin, he came, he died for your sin, that you are saved. So, we now realize that, okay, Mommy G was wrong. <laughs> right? We now realize that Mommy G was wrong. Our hair is not, is not taking us to heaven. Neither is our prayer life. It's not by works. Just believe. We just believe and we are saved. 
forever. Praise God. Then from there, um, this 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 conclusion of yesterday is getting too long. But then we now understood how we could be born again. Then lastly, we made a statement. Lastly, we made a statement. We said that a normal man, a normal man will now ask a question. From what I've said, you say, oh, does it mean then that we should not sin? That, oh, because of Christ has died for us. But then I said, no, we now read Romans chapter 6. And in Romans chapter 6, Paul now made a statement. Can we read Romans chapter 6? Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6. I think that's what we are going to read. Then we will now enter what we are meant to discuss today. Romans chapter 6. So, praise God. Romans chapter 6 from verse 1. And it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, Certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live longer, live any longer in it? Or don't, or do you not know that as many of us we are baptized in Christ Jesus, we are baptized into his death? Hmm. He says, Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. He says, Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. See, KJV is, is deep. I'm, it's just a deep language. I don't know. I'm going to explain. I'm going to break it down for you. So this is what Paul is saying. You say that you believe in Christ Jesus and you still ask, should we sin? He said it does not make sense. After receiving the Spirit, you receive the Spirit that has made you righteous and you still ask such questions. The nature of sin is no longer in you. That's what he's saying. He said a normal man will look at the events that happen at the cross. A normal man will look at the events that happen at the cross. And you say, oh, a magician and someone they called a teacher. They, he, was, he was flogged and he was crucified. Okay. I also, I also heard that he was buried. And his, some people went about some people went about saying that he rose again after the third day. And so I, I also heard that he went to heaven. But then a man in Revelation will look at the events that happened. And you said, and you say, he died, I died. He was crucified, I was crucified. He was buried, I was buried. Whatever Jesus did, he did for me. So wh what I see, I see myself doing it there. Now you understand that you're, when you look at the when you look at the, the, crucif the, the crucifixion of Jesus. You see your old man there. So the same way Jesus said that the same way the snake in, in, in Exodus was raised up and everyone that was bit by the serpent could see and was, was healed. The same way the son of man will be raised up. But then have you ever asked yourself, what does a snake have to do with Jesus? You need to understand something. You know, I was asking the Holy Spirit that, that question and it was answered through a man of God. How, why are you comparing yourself with a serpent? This is a snake, and these people are being bitten by a snake. How does this relate to what is happening? Then we now see that causes any man that is hanged on a tree. Now a snake was was being bit, the, the snake was was attacking the Israelites, and a snake was was hanged on the tree. 
So when they see the snake, they see, oh, this snake has been cursed and they are healed. So the same way that Jesus bore our sin and he was hanged on the tree. So we don't see Jesus, we see our old man hanged on the tree. Do you get? We are free. We are free. Now, now this now takes us to what we are now having today. We are now discussing the Holy Ghost, my friend. <laughs> and I, I made a statement. I said that when we believed in Christ Jesus, we received the Spirit. We received the Spirit that changed our nature. Now we are discussing the Holy Ghost. We are discussing the Holy Ghost. Let's open to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. I, I, I was ready for all of you, but I, I wrote like two like verses. I'll read John chapter 16, verse 10. John chapter 16, verse 10. John chapter 16, verse 10. Then someone is going to open. This is how we're going to do it. So that will be fast, right? Someone's going to open 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Someone open Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. So that will be fast. But I'll read John chapter 16, verse 10. And it says, Of righteousness, because I go to my father, and you see me no more. But of, verse 11, can, can someone NLT read, um, can somebody with NLT read John chapter 16, verse 10? NLT. Righteousness is available because I go to the father. Bam. So, in context, the context of that um, scripture was Jesus was going and he was saying that the Holy Spirit is coming. So, he's saying righteousness is coming because you see me no more. Your nature is going to be changed because I'm going to the Father. And the person that was coming, the person that was coming then was the Holy Ghost. So, first, Obviously, we've, we've, we've gone to classes where people, where they have been taught who is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the power of God. The Holy Ghost. But most importantly to the believer, the Holy Spirit is identity. The Holy Spirit is our identity. The Holy Spirit is our identity. You see, it says, righteousness come because I go to the Father. That is the nature. We have the nature of righteousness. Because why? God has gone to the Father and He has sent the Holy Ghost to us. He lives in us. Can someone open Ephesians? And did anybody open Ephesians for any chance? Any, anybody? Ephesians um, 1 13 to 14. Yeah, come, come forward. Okay. And now you also have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us everything he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. This is just one more reason for us to praise our glorious God. Praise the Lord. He says the Spirit has been given to us as a guarantee. As a guarantee. Another version puts that as earnest. I think KJV puts it as earnest, if I'm correct. He puts that as earnest. The, the Greek... 
I'm, I'm saying this because of, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. This is what I'm saying is the Greek um, translation of guarantee, this is what it literally means. It means, I want to borrow this guitar from you. Yeah? I don't know how much this guitar costs. Probably this guitar is up to maybe 200,000 yen, right? And I have a, um, I have a Toyota Land Cruiser outside, probably worth 101 million. And I said, can you borrow me this guitar? Um, if I don't bring this guitar back, in fact, I'm giving you my car. I'm giving you my car for worth 101 million. If I don't get it back, you sell it and just have it. But in the meantime, you can use my car and be going everywhere. I'm just borrowing your guitar of 200,000 And that's what guarantee is. Jesus came. He said, I'm promising you salvation. I'm giving you salvation. You'll be saved. Now, he said, as I'm going, I'm giving you the promise of the Father. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit till I come. You don't understand, Jesus. If Jesus does not come, we have the we have God in us. Like there's no there's no way we can lose. There's just no way we can lose. We have the Holy Spirit within us. There's no way. God, I'm, there's a reaction to these kind of things. <laughs> God, there's no way we can lose. We have the Holy Ghost in us. There is no way. The Bible says He has given us as a guarantee. We are sealed. We are sealed with the Holy Ghost. Like, the Bible, see, I was reading yesterday, we were we studying yesterday, and we were we are made to understand by, the, by Scripture that the gift and the calling of God are without repentance. The Bible gives the Holy Ghost and does not take it back. There is nowhere in Scripture that the Holy, God gave you the Holy Ghost and He asked for it back. In the New Testament, there is no way that He gives you the Holy Ghost and he asks for it back. The gift and the calling of God are without repentance. I think somebody that understood it well, somebody that understood the gift and the calling of God is without repentance is, is David. David understood it. David understood what it, meant, what it meant for God to call someone his anointed. And you see the way he acts. Even when he had the chance to kill Saul, when, even when Saul was killed like a, like a dog, he said, let's go be head in God. He understood what it meant. There's a deeper explanation to everything, to, to that particular story. But then, David understood that God had recalled him, and even though he has been, he has been, he has been cheated out of office, he, that anointing is still on his head. <laughs> See, God does not take the Holy Spirit if you receive the gospel and you don't receive assurance, you've not received the whole thing. You have not received the whole thing. You've not received the whole thing. So we see God as we see the Holy Spirit as an, as an identity. And we find out that the first time he came, we find out that the first time he came, the, um, the, the spoke in tongues. I mean, the whole disciple spoke in tongues. Then we move further in scripture. And we find we also find out that can we read um after the apostle chapter 10, 10 verse 44 to 48? There we find out something. We find out that now God wants to go to the Greeks, the Gentiles, sorry, not the Greeks. And there's a man named Cornelius. God sent for Paul. I'm good. I, I know I I'm sure all of you this is a believer thing, right? Except if you don't read your Bible, huh? I'll read my Bible and take time. Then 
God calls for Paul, sorry, for Peter, and Peter comes to Cornelius' house. In fact, he comes to Cornelius' house just by because it's God that said. Because he, first he had not understood that now salvation is both to the Gentiles and to the Jew. So now he comes and the Bible says, while Peter yet speak, the Holy Spirit fell on all of them. And they began to speak in tongues. That is very important. And they began to speak in tongues. So now, everybody's speaking in tongues. And Peter goes back. And the Jews hear that Peter has went. The Jews heard that Peter went into the house of a Gentile. And they asked him why. Then we see in verse 11, Peter began to explain. Peter began. Peter now said that. Oh my God, we need to read this. I, I, can we open after the apostles, please? After the apostles, chapter what? Chapter 10, right? I said verse 44. Verses 44. Let's go. So we see. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. I'm going to explain why they were astonished. It says, and as many came with Peter, sorry, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been brought out to the Gentiles also. Now, we also see that, um, yes, in verse 11, now Peter now says, so, okay, now Peter is now explaining. Peter now says that while he was still speaking, he says, okay, now, verse 18, chapter 11, verse 18 says, when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, God has also granted the Gentiles repentance of life. It's, now, if we even go further, if we go upward, let me, let me start from verse 14. Verse 14 says, Who will tell you words by which you and your household will be saved? And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell, on, up, fell upon them and, and as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John the Baptist indeed baptized with water, but I shall baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, we see, after Paul narrated these things, after Peter, sorry, narrated all of the, what happened in chapter 10, we now see that the disciples became silent. Why did they become, become silent? Because they understood something. That if somebody is speaking in tongues, if they see that the poor people is speaking in tongues, then it therefore means that God has shown the same mercy that he has shown to the Gentiles also. Like there is no, there is no argument there. They didn't argue. They said they became silent after his after he was telling them that I was I was speaking to these people, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. Like in the beginning, they became silent because if what you're saying is true, it means that God has shown mercy on the on the Gentiles. God has shown mercy on the Gentiles. God has shown mercy on the Gentiles. Can we speak in tongues? Brato Felemandra Katemena Mandra Satemande Velailesh Scapandre Vanandra Shana Mande Velasuna Mande Pratana Kailesuzos Repete Celebrana Mashana Mande Velanandos Bratande Velande Kailenandra Sige Menanda Vaile Kailus Sonande Velainesh Bratande Velepela Tuna Mande Kaile Skebe de Gadebelega de Belea Jabalana Mandelia Jebeletelia Subrana Mande Kaile 
Is this a praying church? People are praying like I'm praying. Jesus. Skavala dea. Rebe de gedeb rodogo bologodo. Jabaladan refelana kaile suzos. Jebele de belegade. If you can't speak in tongues here, just believe. If you can't speak in tongues here, believe because you will receive. Patela skevelandra pashelevandra kosesh. Rabadagabana selemandre felanusosh. I feel like saying something here in the name of Jesus. I feel like saying something. See, throughout scripture, we find out that we find out that whenever the apostles laid hands on anybody to speak in tongues, they spoke in tongues. One, we never saw anything like fake tongues. There's no way there's nothing like that in the Bible. There's nothing like that. You know, when you speak in tongues and you say, maybe I'm speaking fake tongues, there's nothing like that. And we find out whenever anybody asked, whenever anybody asked, they received. See, if there's any prayer that will be answered, I'm so sure that God will answer. I might lay hands on the sick and they might not be healed, but they might. There's a chance, there's a very high chance, there's a very low chance, they might not be, they might not be healed. But I'm so sure. Whenever someone says, I want to speak in tongues, I want the Holy Ghost. See, that prayer will be answered. It's not a matter of amen. That prayer will be answered. Jesus speaking, Jesus says, if evil people know how to give good gifts, how much more your father? That you would you ask your mother for bread and she'll give you stone? Say, how much more your father if you ask him for the Holy Ghost? How much more? How much? How much more? See, if this is what you desire, I'm going to be praying. Just signify. I'm, I'm, oh God. See, you will receive it. It's very cheap. Very cheap. Very, the Holy Spirit is, is hungry to be with you. This is revival. <laughs> this is revival. Anything is possible. Praise God. I'm going to speak in tongues again. But I'm going, to be, I'm going to be standing up and I'm going to speak in tongues. I want you guys to repeat after me. Holy Spirit. Oh no. That's not how you respond. After you've just heard the message of Christ. The Bible says that God will keep on telling of what he has done with eternity. Just imagine God will keep on boasting of the, the way he showed man love till eternity. Like there's a way to respond to these kind of things. Angels will be looking at you and be angry. You hear the love of Christ and you'll be like, this guy, this guy's how he preach. You know? There's a way. When someone says Jesus loves you, you shake. Ah, yes. That's how you, you behave. You know? It's called Agalio. Glory! Hey. Hey. We've seen the glory of God. So we are going to repeat. Holy Spirit, I give you access. I give you access. Oh, Pranda Bartelis.